Hello, this is part of a series of interviews with people who are helping to build a new economy. And today I'm talking with Mickey Metz of Agaric in the US. Hi, Mickey. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> Where are you in the States? I'm in Boston, Massachusetts right now. Okay. Yeah. And can you tell us a bit about Agaric and what you do? Oh, that, yes. <laughs> um, Agaric is a cooperative. There are six of us who are owners and workers. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm recovering from a cough. <coughs> and we do the work and we own the company. Um, we mostly work with Drupal. Uh, we met as members of the Drupal community, most of us. Um, and uh, it's it's a, a, an eclectic mix of different um, skills that we have that are overlapping skills. Some are deep backend developers. Uh, there's project management and uh, some outreach. And um, I am on the end that mostly does the outreach and some client management, um, finding leads, people that would need a Garrick to uh, build what they love. And we also are part of a few different movements. As uh, Agaric, we are members of May 1st, which is a web host, but they're a member-driven web host. And um, actually, I'm a member of their leadership committee. And we are right now transitioning into a cooperative, which is pretty enormous because we're based in, Boston, in New York and in Mexico City. So we have two companies in May 1st that are kind of merged and uh, we're working through transitioning into a cooperative, as I said, and it's just very exciting. So, so you build websites for people? Yes, we do. Uh, we basically look for people, we look for clients that have synergy with our, and alignments with our mission and goals of, uh, ensuring that people have the most freedom to do what they need to do and be autonomous. Um, and we work with free software. So we advise people on how they could reach their goals and their website using free software. And Drupal is free software also. And so, so why do you favor free software and cooperatives? Well, I don't just favor it in cooperatives. I favor it for every human being that wishes to be, uh, have their freedom uh, protected and their privacy and autonomy. It's a way to a free software, as Richard Stallman says, and Richard Stallman started the free software movement and the free software foundation, and free software equals a free society when you can see how your software is running and what it is doing, you are free and you are free to modify it, edit it, sell it, change it, do whatever you would like with it. That is a basis of a great sharing society. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm anybody who knows me will tell you I'm not a techie, uh, but, but I'm on Linux. Um, I did it myself. Awesome. I use DuckDuckGo instead of Google. I use yes. GIMP. Um, I use LibreOffice, uh, Lumio. Excellent. WordPress, uh, websites on WordPress. So if, if I can do it, any, anyone can. So why hasn't free open source software taken over the world? 
Well, I think a lot of it is the the bad connotations it has um, that corporate uh, software, proprietary software vendors have lent a hand to building this uh, big mystique that Linux is difficult, it's for geeks, it's uh, you won't understand it, um, it's you know so old-fashioned and you have to be a programmer to use it. Um, every like every few weeks I'm sitting down with someone, I'm using my computer and they look over at it and they go, what are you using? And uh, I say, oh, I'm using Linux. And they go, oh, it looks like Windows. And I thought you didn't like Windows. And I'm like, well, it's not that much different. Um, there, there's no big steep learning curve. Yeah, there's no, and, well, I mean, there is if you want to in install it yourself. But I, I had somebody to help me and we did it step by step and it was easy enough. But once you've installed it, I mean, I've been doing it for two years now. I have not one single problem, not one single problem. Not one, I know. It's hard to convey that to people who have been um, hoodwinked by uh, the people that say, oh, it's difficult, it's for geeks, you won't, you won't get it, it's ugly. So, well, the, the ugly baby has survived and it is beautiful. And we, I don't need any um, antivirus. <laughs> I don't need any antivirus software. No. It just doesn't get through to Linux. It, it's, I, I don't have any. I haven't had any antivirus stuff for, for two years. No, I've never been attacked or had to use an antivirus thing. No. So how do we m remove these barriers then? How do we, how do we get it spread? Because I tell everybody I come across and, and you know, they, they just, I think most people just can't be bothered to sort of make the transition once they it's inertia. Right. How we well, how do we do that? Well, I do it by traveling uh, around and speaking to people. Um, I speak to groups. I try to do uh, lightning talks at meetups, at events. I, I invade other groups <laughs> and give a small presentation on how free software is at the foundation of your personal freedom. It's not just a thing about Edward Snowden and, you know, et cetera, the world. Um, and you do matter because your privacy and your freedom are important. I mean, obviously there's only one of you, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> but um, how do we, uh, you know, how do we, I don't know, how do we spread the word? How do we get it out there? How do we get people changing their, their behaviors. Well, there are, you can, I do send links around to people in the uh, social groups I belong to. I'm on Mastodon, which, uh, and um, in the instance social.coop, Mastodon, for those who don't know, is a, it's similar to Twitter, but we own the platform. I pay $3 a month and I'm an owner of uh, social.coop on Mastodon. Uh, that might be a, that might be a barrier for a lot of people, I suppose, if they don't want to pay. Yeah, well, even a dollar a month is, um, I think, preferable to being targeted and having all of my information run through a uh, sieve <laughs> and then, uh, you know, splattered out everywhere. Uh, I think it's, um, people don't really feel the pressure yet to, to become private citizens. Yeah. And I don't think they, a lot of people don't truly understand the underlying meaning of freedom. They look at their Windows or Mac and say, I'm free to do anything I want. But then they really don't have the deep understanding of the back doors in the software 
And just uh, uh, the, one of the ways I like try to explain it to people is if you're investing in this thing, like a Mac or something that costs uh, over a thousand dollars, you're pumping up an industry that is barring entry to a lot of people who do not have this type of money to spend on a machine. Um, although the free software movement is totally not about money. It's not about the cost of things. Even though it's called free software, you can sell it. So it's about your personal freedom. And um, I do everything I can to get someone to understand what their personal freedom is. We haven't had it in so long, people don't understand. They've just been used to following what the dictator, the Microsoft or the Apple or whatever tells them to do. You don't own your, you don't run your computer. Your computer kind of runs you. It lets you know what you can do. Have you ever gotten a pop-up that says, I'm sorry, you can't do that, or that action is not allowed, or you know, just a no, or a shutdown? Um, well, that's not fair. We want you to be in control. How, how difficult is social.coop for a, a non-techie? I've, I've heard it can be about a bit tricky, is that true? No, it's just like Twitter. It's, um, the layout is totally like Twitter. Um, you just post a message and there it is. And you say you send, you send out links. Could you send me those links and I'll put them below the video so people can see? I definitely will. I have a link to um, a resources page. Okay, great. Um, to help people in, uh, it was, it's from a keynote I did at MIT for the Free Software Foundation's yearly event, Libre Planet an international event they do once a year. And uh, after I spoke, I posted a link to our resources to help you get free. Lots of free software and ways to do it. Um, it once you look, it really isn't difficult. I know it's, it, to people it seems like a mountain to climb. I'm already settled in here with Windows. You know, why do I need to do that? Yeah. Well... There's so many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, are, are they teaching um, free open source software in schools? <laughs> well, that is a, a good question. In public schools, some of them have been um, open to using free software and teaching people about it. There's a school in uh, Pennsylvania called... Uh, um, Penn Manor that has been running for about 15 years uh, totally on free software and one of the best things about free software is you can involve the students in the running of the school um, they can manage some of the software themselves and add to it they can build on to it like um, say it doesn't have a checkbox to say if you're um, in an after-school activity you could add that to the free software. You don't have to write to a corporation and wait for them to add, to add this checkbox. I guess this, I mean, I don't know whether they teach some, uh, free open source software in schools in the UK, but I, I guess it could be down to parents, couldn't it? Um, concerned parents might sort of contact the school and say, why are you advertising sort of corporate software in, in your school? Why don't you, why don't you teach the kids to, about free software? Well, Dave, we would hope in a perfect world it would be like that, but actually um, 
in Needham, Massachusetts, they, the school system was requiring that parents buy an iPad for $500 or more for their kids. Oh, no. And yes, oh, no. They're getting into the schools like, a, like it's a hive. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's seriously off the rails. They're, so they were charging parents $500, and we uh, wrote to the op-ed section in the Needham newspaper about this, like a, a nice letter about why you shouldn't be doing this and why you should be supporting free software. One of the parents wrote back, and it was just horrifying, Dave. He said, I don't think my child needs to be looking at, at free software. Apple knows what's good for them. Oh. <laughs> so this is like a mind um, mind takeover game. Wow. wow. That's scary, isn't it? That's so Orwellian, I couldn't believe it. I had to read it like three times. My child doesn't need to learn about free software and look inside of a computer. Apple knows what's good for him. And did that, that poor child. Did that parent work for Apple by any chance? I don't know. Maybe. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> but that was just so sad and demoralizing that it was just awful. Mickey, what's, the, what's the difference between free software and open source software? Well, they're basically the same in code. The same code is free software and it's open source. The difference is political. When the Free Software Foundation and movement started, it is all about the community and sharing and being able to freely share our software, our music, our art, etc. And um, the open source movement was started in retaliation to that, as if uh, they did not want any, any uh, ethics attached to the software. So big business adopted the term open source because they don't want any ethics attached, obviously. And it became like a, a war that, um, and most people do not know the underlying uh, principles of this war, um, software war, if it could be called that, that it's just a political thing. We want software to be a community endeavor. We want people to be involved in what software they're using if they want to. We want people to be able to have a chance to and not have a closed world. So it's a politics thing where someone can say, nah, 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 I don't care about your ethics. The software works perfectly. So the word open source words mean the software has to work well and do as it's uh, you know, prescribed to, to function. So should we be using the term free software rather than open source software? Yes, we should. We should. It's a difficult uh, step, I know, for people because f the open source uh, corporations and community had a lot of money to just spread the term around and do all kinds of things with it while obfuscating the real um, the ethics behind it. So we use the term free and open source software. Is that sort of acceptable or do you think we should just dump the open source bit? I think we should dump the open source, but I think we really need to come up with a better, a better term that has that helps people understand it better. Uh, because free people might just think free as in free beer rather than in yes, 
Yes, people think about free beer, and that's just not good. Yeah. That's not, not relative to, oh, it's good, but it's not relative to this. Yeah, free beer is good. <laughs> but, um, okay, so, we're, <laughs> so really we could do the new term. So yes. You, so you, you also um, operate in the cooperative world. I, I found that in the cooperative, we're, we're a co-op. I talk with lots of people in the co-op world. There's not that much emphasis in the UK on using free software. Um, why, why is that? And why do you think it's important to make a connection between the two? Um, I'm not sure if I really understand that. Can, can you rephrase that? So uh, I found a lot of cooperatives don't use free software. Okay. And, um, you know, they, 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 they don't find it that important. And I'm quite surprised mm. by that. I would have thought that it would have been the go-to, the go-to thing for um, for co-ops. Yeah, I think um, a lot of times people have to go for what works in the situation when they are working on a, a client's um, assets or whatever, and sometimes they don't have time to learn the free software, which might be a little bit different than what they've been using. Um, also, there is still a resistance to the culture, um, people not understanding what the free software culture means. There's not like a, um, uh, a, defining, um, a defining anthem, <laughs> I guess that um, everyone gathers under that is known more widely to cooperatives. A lot of people in cooperatives are not super techies and may not know about free software. And once they do, they realize, well, I've got everything set up on Google and all of, you know, the Gmail, et cetera. Yeah. It, it would be a big endeavor to dig this out and replant with free software. So we try to get them at the beginning. We also, um, Agaric has published a blog listing all of the uh, free softwares that we use in our daily work. Could and you send, Could you send me that as well? Yes, I will definitely put a link to that in the, can I put it in the chat here? Uh, yep. Okay, great. I'll put a link to that in the chat. And I've gotten a lot of great emails from people who find it extremely helpful to, uh, you know, just be able to go through a list. It's like a reference blog. Fantastic. More than a... I guess we need to reach some sort of critical mass, don't we, before, you know, it's just useful for everybody. And it's maybe people could use both for a while and then, and then just, yeah, I'd like to see us, I'd like to see the whole of society move towards free software. That would just be a wonderful thing. Um, we are doing our best to get the, the, new, the information out to hubs. I mean, people who have networks, people who have uh, repair shops, people that sell computers, we're trying to get them to load um, GNU Linux on it when they sell it instead of loading Windows. Yeah. And even that is a tough space. It's a really tough space. I mean, I've, I've bought sort of um, computers and said that I, 
you know, I don't just want to buy a computer with Windows on because then I'm giving giving Microsoft some money and then I have to right. take, it off, take it off and reinstall Linux. I don't want to do that. I want to buy a computer which is blank or with Linux. So I don't, right. I don't have to give Microsoft any money at all. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. This is just really um, tragic <laughs> that people fall into this uh, pit. It's also a kind of like a club when you're, people say, I'm an Apple person, what does that mean? Yeah. That has a, a strange connotation. Yeah. It's like you will do anything they tell you to do or just anything that, um, that they want you to buy, you will be buying this. You know, that, yeah. I don't think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> is there an alternative to Google Docs? Yes, there is, and it's called NextCloud. Next cloud. Now, if you're Next. using if you're using Next Cloud, can you communicate with people who are you know in the Google world? Well, yes. It's um, people don't have to have Next Cloud for you to uh, send them documents or give them access to a folder on your Next Cloud. You can share files. You can um, collaboratively edit um, presentations like. It doesn't use PowerPoint. It uses um, LibreOffice, yeah. which is a replacement for Microsoft Office. Yeah, I use that as well. Yeah, and it's very simple, isn't it? It's incredibly simple. It's beautiful and very elegant. So that does. That, so that does uh, sort of dovetail with um, with Microsoft products. You can you can you can open open any Microsoft product in LibreOffice, which is which is essential, isn't it? Really, I suppose. If it's yes. Yeah, and you can collaborate and um, work on presentations together, slideshows, documents. It has a calendar. It has a talk feature that's similar to a Zoom, what we're using now. And is there information about Nextcloud in the um, in the in the blog? Yes, there is. Fantastic! I'm going to look at that. There is. There's a whole section, and I find joy in um, showing these tools to people that are willing to migrate and willing to take a look at it because they are so relieved and after they see it, they're like, oh wow, this isn't what I thought it would be. I thought it would be all like old fashioned looking, like 1997 or something. Yeah. And, uh, and I would have to learn all these cryptic commands. It's like, no, I'm so sorry people have been misled. Yeah, here's another problem. If, I, if, we, if people look at your blog, obviously, as time goes on, that's going to become out of date. How can people keep up to speed? You know, the, la the latest updates, the latest upgrades, the latest products. Oh, well, the blog is a living blog and the will be updated. Blog. So you constantly update it? Yes. Fantastic. Yes.